from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions. This is the Ramsey Show. It's where we help people win in their life, specifically with their money, their relationships, and their work. 888-825-5225 is the phone number. You can jump in. I'm Ken Coleman. Dr. John Deloney joins me this hour. 888-825-5225. Let's get right to it. Mobile, Alabama is where Anthony awaits. Anthony, how can we help? Hey, Ken and John, how are y'all today? We're having a blast. What's going on with you? Oh, I just, uh, I'm sitting at the apex of the seesaw, and I do not know which way to go. I I'm, love uh, that analogy. Right, uh, I'm right here about six months away from being 62, and I cannot decide to retire or work another year or two. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's just start with where are you leaning right now? We're not holding you to this, but if you had to decide today... Or five minutes ago, did it change? Where are you leaning? Oh, leaning towards retirement. All right. And so what is making you question that to the point that you would call us to get our take? Uh, I've been doing it since 14 and scared to death. Scared to death to stop? Yeah, exactly. I hear it. How are you doing financially? Paint that picture for us. Uh, it's about... 1.3, 1.4 cash. Uh, total assets about one six. Uh, just uh, don't want to go home and twiddle my thumbs, which I wouldn't do that anyway. I'm a very energetic and outgoing person. But, so let's stay you know, right you there. Can only travel so much. Now hold on. Let's stay right there. So let's remove travel. Okay. Uh huh. I think you've allowed your mind to wander a good bit, and maybe wonder too. So. We're not twiddling our thumbs. Twiddling your thumbs is not your. It's not even an option for you. You just said it. So, what's something that you would be intrigued by doing or learning? What, what, what would that look like? Something that kept you active. We're not talking about traveling, but but what, what would that look like? What comes to mind when I throw that at you? Because I know there's something in there. Hmm. <clears throat> uh, I've always been interested in working on airplanes and helicopters. I'm a mechanic, but by trade uh, that has always intrigued me as far as how helicopters and all work so i haven't even thought about it that way all right and i'm ideating here like none of this do i want to hang on you as well this is what you're going to do but it's fascinating to me that you've been a mechanic for a long time how long you've been a mechanic oh i've been in this one job site 34 years 34 years and you know you're still fascinated by fixing something else or tinkering on oh, something yeah. else and it's that new oh, challenge yeah. the way your brain works let me throw an idea out at you, all right? I want John to jump in, however he wants to jump in. But here, here's what I think. I think that the fear of the unknown is probably the greatest fear that, that humans face. That's just my take, okay? doesn't mean I'm right. And I think that what you're really afraid of is what does life look like? Because I have been largely in a very controlled, conditioned schedule for 34 years. And on the other side of that is all of these unknowns. Most of them, I think, should be wonderful unknowns for you. And what's freaking you out is you haven't dug into some of these possibilities enough to go, oh, not only is this not scary, it's scintillating. And I think tinkering, fixing planes, helicopters, all of that's great. But let me throw an idea out for you. What if two or three days a week, your schedule, you start fixing cars for single moms, or you get involved with a church program that maybe has a car donation program, or you just start finding people in your world, you start putting the word out, and you say, you know what? I'm pretty good with mechanics, and I, I'm willing to come, and I'm going to do this. And maybe you just gave yourself away doing different things, but now it wasn't for a paycheck. 
And it was just because you wanted to do it. It was because you wanted to see a smile. You wanted to see a sigh of relief on the other side of it. How does that hit you? It's funny you say that because I'm already doing that somewhat, but that would free me up to do it a whole lot more. How much joy do you get when you do it? Oh, 100%. That's just one thing. John, what do you think? You say you want to change your neighborhood, man. It'd be cool if you started a little program for young men to come over and learn how brakes worked and learn how. That's a great. I don't know trans what a transmission was, and man, what a cool thing that would do on Sunday afternoons at your local church just to teach young boys how to change their own oil and things like that. That could be amazing. Hey, there might be a mechanical trade school locally where they need somebody. They need instructors. Yeah, we could go all day. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you this, uh, Anthony. 1.2 1.2 million in cash, 1.6 total tells me you got 400,000. Is that invested or is that in your house? Uh, my house is not that much. Uh, um, house probably a hundred and a quarter, but uh, I have several automobiles and just uh, cash money in the safe for emergency. Okay. I want you to please, please, please go sit down with the SmartVestor Pro. And you've got way too much cash. And with the way inflation is, your cash cash is becoming less and less valuable every day it sits under your bed. Mm-hmm. I do hold a lot of cash personally, and so I'm not against it. But you hold you're holding a, a over a million dollars worth of it, right? And I'm looking out for 81 year old Anthony, whose hands aren't going to let him get under a car, or, you know, turn wrenches, or his knees aren't going to let him get under a car anymore. I want to make sure that guy is taken care of. Well, I sure I hope I make it to that 81 age. You but, will. Uh, my family tree is usually around the 75 to 78 range. So, you've but but listen, you've bucked every trend your family's ever had, haven't you? I sure have so far. That's exactly right. Well, let's keep it going then. Let's live a long life. And man, you got 20 years left to hang around. And by the way, you're not going to die at 81. I'm I'm giving it 93. That's my guess. <laughs> but hey, I think you can. Um, here's 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 the big the the, the truth. The data on retirement, the America has sold us a bill of goods that the goal is to do nothing. The goal is to get to the end of your day. The goal is to get to the end of your job, the end of your career, so that you can have the privilege of doing nothing. Mm-hmm. And this, the fantasy of doing nothing is a lie. It will kill you. All the data says if you retire with nothing, your body falls apart. Yep. It doesn't have a purpose. It's got nothing to pull, and it just quits because its job is done. Yep. So before you, quote, unquote, retire, go ahead and set up a schedule for yourself. Go ahead and get a group of men that you're going to have coffee with once a morning. Go ahead and get one day a week at a local community college to help out. Get that schedule somewhat built. You can always back off of it. But go to a thing. Don't aim to do nothing. No. You know, I think, I think the word retire should be retired. Ooh. I, 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 well done, Ken. I, yeah, I know. I worked really hard on that the last two minutes while you were talking. <laughs> it's no, called conception. I, that was conception. That was that was a conception, as James says. Here's what I think. Anthony, I really want you to look at this next season, not as retiring, and John just set that up beautifully, but reinventing. Reinvent yourself, because you no, can. I like that. Because Good you word. can, right? And, and so, hey, I was this for 34 years, and now... For the next six weeks, I'm going to be this. And then the next six weeks, I'm going to be this. And the next six weeks, I'm going to be this. Or if I want to go the next six months or the next six years, I think the reinvention mm-hmm. really is the way to do this Anthony, to age can we, well. Can we look at the Anthony diagnostic code real quick? Really yeah. fast. You've always been successful. You're a great teammate. You're a millionaire. 
Yes. What does that mean? You have built the tools. You're a person who succeeds. And so in the next season, you're going to get nervous. You're still going to do great, man. We're rooting for you, brother. Way to go, Anthony. You're a stud. Go help people like you already are and watch opportunities present themselves for you to continue to reinvent yourself. You're doing great work, man. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey guys, it's Rachel Cruz here to tell you about a faith-based alternative to health insurance that can make healthcare more affordable, Christian Healthcare Ministries. CHM allows members to share each other's healthcare costs, and it's as easy as one, two, three. Step one, choose the healthcare provider you want. Step two, submit your eligible bills. And step three, get reimbursed. CHM members take care of your eligible medical bills. With no network and the freedom to choose your healthcare provider, CHM is the best option for Christians who want to take care of their families and help other believers. Find out more at chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm Ken Coleman. Dr. John Deloney is joining me this hour. Phone number is 888-825-5225. Let's go to San Bernardino. One of my favorite places to say. It's up there with Walla Walla, Washington. And uh, what was the other place? Sheboygan? No, uh, it's not Piccadillo. What's the place? Um, I can't now. It's, it's, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah we got into some trouble on that one. We did. That was fun. Serena joins us in San Bernardino. Serena, how can we help? Hi. Thank you guys so much for taking my call. You bet. What's going on? So, Okay. So I found your guys' radio show, or your podcast like two weeks ago, and my boyfriend and I have been listening to you guys religiously. And basically my question is, so I own a house that I have a very low mortgage on, and I'm getting ready to rent it out. I'm going to make about $2,300 a month on that rental. How much do you have left on that mortgage? 200000 Okay. And you're going to make how much? Okay. I'll make 2300 a month on it. Okay. Keep going. Sorry. Okay. My boyfriend owns a house. His mortgage is significantly higher. He just bought it a, a year ago. Um, it's on a very large property. He rents the back property out to his sister. But now we're talking about moving in together and... He has a friend who's willing to rent his house out, but by the end of it, we would basically be breaking even on that house. Um, I make about 120000 a year. He makes about eighty. So I think we could have both houses paid off in 10 years. I just want to make sure that it's a good idea for us to keep both of those houses, rent them out as long as we're making money on one and breaking even on the other, if we can get it paid off in a short amount of time. Hmm. Well, you got a lot of stuff going on here. The we thing. Like, how long have you guys been dating? Is this going to be a long-term play? When are we getting married? What's the What's the status here? Yeah. So we are eventually going to get married. We've been dating for a little bit over a year. Um, we he has like three thousand worth of debt that will be paid off in two weeks, and then I owe twelve thousand on my car um, that I should have paid off in the next three months. Um, our plan is to eventually get married, but it's an eventual thing. Exactly. It's not happen so here, right here's now. my thing. Yeah. If if that's down the road, then then this conversation shouldn't be framed the way you're framing it. It's your house, his house, and it's not a we decision. That's my take on this because, because I think it's yeah. very separate right now. And here's the thing: there, there's the you know we talk about being married when you're buying houses, um, and people think we're talking religious stuff, which th- that's a component, but 
the big thing is is man you're you're entering into you and him are holding hands and walking into quicksand you've got mm-hmm. a a giant home that he mm-hmm. wants to rent part of it he's renting to a sister and to a brother and then to you and then you've got a home that you're but y'all are gonna both try to pay it off we only have jobs and this is the hardest part of my job but it's being honest with you we only have jobs because mm-hmm. people have plans and the plans don't work out people break up mm-hmm. and so if you get divorced there is a clear legal process for splitting mm-hmm. things up if you break up it all goes to crap. It's a mess. And so that's why I would tell you, you have a house that you can choose to do with what you want to with it. And it's your house. If I'm you, right. I would stay in my house and pay it off. Yep. And Agreed. be completely, you make 120 grand, you have a $200,000 mortgage, you can be out of this thing in a couple of years and be done. He right. has chosen to dramatically overcomplicate his life. By buying a huge property, having part of the mortgage relying on a sister, and then plus this, and then his buddy, and what a mess! It's going to be a zoo, and it's a year yeah, in, so right? He's not. He's not relying on his sister. He's owned this house for a long time, and she just happened to buy a trailer and is renting out the back part of the yard at this point. I thought you said he just got a year ago. Yeah, so he bought it a year ago. She just moved in two months ago into his backyard. So it's not anything that he needs. It's okay. just. Yeah, but you're missing the point. The point is, if you want to live with him, that's one thing. But do you want to be a landlord on your current house? I mean, are you really up for being a landlord? You know, because um, to me, you're looking at I'm rounding down. You're looking at $25,000 a year you're making off that house, you know, as opposed to just living in it. Um, You know, so I, I just... I'm, I agree with John. I think you need to take care of your business, and he takes care of his business on the house until there's a we. We don't act and talk like a we. And you're, I want you to understand you're going to be the live-in girlfriend on a property shared between a boy and yeah. his sister. Yeah. And it's just, I'm telling you right now, I've just done this too long. It's going to get, there's going to come a moment when he's going to have to choose and you're like, oh, he would choose me. It's just going to get messy. And I know we're ruining your day completely, totally ruining your day. Cause this is even why you called. You want to know which one of these houses you want us to sell. And we're telling you neither of them, but it's, 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 I, I, we just do this so much and we see it happen all the time where everyone's got great plans. Everybody's on the same page. And then one thing goes sideways. Yeah. And um, if right. you don't have the no, legal protection, it gets it. messy. Yeah. Just because we love you. Okay. But I'd get that car paid off. A-S-A-P. Yes. I'm glad you're working on that. And by the way, I would not pay one penny of his debt. None. Not his credit card debt. Oh, and don't let him card. buy pay for your debt. Fair? Right. And by the way, Sri, yeah, I love your idea. Money. Listen, John and I love your idea of paying your house off in a year. Genius. Genius. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden, it's great. And listen... We don't. It's none of our business who you live with, and we're not trying to get into that. What we're saying is, is that it, this isn't a we conversation. You got to stop with that, right? If you want to sell this house and move in with this guy, that's yeah, knock that's, your lights out. That's your yeah, go for it. But, but you'll have sold your house, take the equity, you'll have that in an account. You'll be debt free, and right. it's your money. Right. Everything needs to continue to be separate until there is a we. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. John and Ken at funruiner.com.net. How how are you feeling about this? So, honestly, I feel like there's a lot going on in my head. I mean, I I understand exactly what you guys are saying, like keeping everything separate. And we've had that conversation. 
my thing is we want to rent a separate house and move in together and then keep these both as rentals and then eventually have a large rental pro- gotcha. portfolio. Gotcha. Don't do that. Don't my do that. That is, do it. Yeah. Dave Ramsey went Dave Ramsey went belly up doing that. You're leveraging debt. And if you remember mm-hmm. you're you're in uh California when just two years ago they prohibited people from uh evicting people who didn't pay their rent. But the mortgages right. were still due. Yeah. And so if you do get a house and you've got a mortgage on it and he's got a house, you got a mortgage on it, you'll rent another house together and you're trying to dude, you're playing a shell game Serena, that will collapse on you, I promise. Have you done this before? Have you rented your house before? No, I have not. Okay, can I okay, now now I'm really gonna <laughs> so ruin good. your day. Okay. So uh at twenty three hundred a month, okay, that is what, about twenty eight thousand ish? Quick math is what you would make. Mm-hmm. You said you'd clear that much per month on the rent, right? Correct. Okay. Yes. So let's call it $28,000-ish. All right. I have been a homeowner for a long time, and I care about my house. I can tell you about renters. They don't care about your house. They may be the most nice, no. decent people in the world, but you're not going to see anywhere near $28,000 of profit. This I can take to the bank. So I need you to understand that, and and John would tell you the same thing. You're not going to see anywhere near twenty eight grand or twenty three hundred a month. Just ping, 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 adding up in your account. You're going to have to take care of that house. You're the owner of the house. You're the landlord. You got to deal with everything. The roof, the air conditioner, the and carpet. When they flush too many I, things down the toilet, the that's uh, why plumber. we don't want you to rent a house that you don't, that own. You don't own and go rent some other house. It's just bad finances. Forget the relationship piece. Do you get it? Right, I we're, do. We're I know, on Team and Serena. I wanted to sell, and everybody keeps talking me into keeping it. Because everybody's broke. Everybody's broke, Serena. Yeah. Here, hey, here's the most baller play. Have no mortgage mm-hmm. at all. Boom. Nobody right. owns Serena. Serena can do whatever the okay. crap she wants. She can move wherever yeah. she wants because she has a paid-off house. That yeah. is actual financial security. Having four yeah. rental properties that the yeah. mortgage is being paid by the tenant. It's all a shell game. It's nonsense. And by the way, this is not a moral statement, but I'm going to go this direction. As your older brother, we're on Team Serena here. Mm-hmm. Don't live with this dude. Y'all be in a relationship. Don't live with him. Make him commit to you. Okay. That's just my take. And it's not a moral imperative, but that's just relationship. And don't move into a place where the sister is, too. Yeah, there you go. This is the Ramsey <laughs> Show. Hey, listen up. When we invest, most of us have no idea where our money is going. But the reality is your investments could be funding social and cultural causes that you would never choose to support. With Timothy Plan, you can avoid putting your hard-earned money into things you don't approve of and invest in companies that line up with your values. With Timothy Plan's pro-life, pro-family filter, you can invest with moral responsibility while going after competitive returns. So while it's still true that you can't serve God and money, you can make your money serve your values. Contact your financial advisor today to see if Timothy Plan is right for you. Visit timothyplan.com for more information. Investing includes risk, including possible loss of principal. Before investing, carefully consider a fund's investment objective, risks, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus available at timothyplan.com. Read carefully before investing. Mutual funds distributed by Timothy Partners, LTD, and ETFs distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LSE. 
Welcome back, America. You're listening to The Ramsey Show. We're so excited to have you. I'm Ken Coleman. Dr. John Deloney sitting next to me here. 888-825-5225 is the phone number. That's 888-825-5225. Boise, Idaho is where we go now. Sarah's there. Sarah, how can we help? Hi. Yeah, so I'm I'm 18 years old. I graduated high school about a year ago. Um, and I am just really hesitant to start college or even trying to even think about going to college. I've just, I have no idea even if I should or what I even should do. I'm just really confused. Oh, okay. Um, Well, first of all, great news is you're 18. Okay. Yeah. And so being 18 is confusing and it's been confusing for 18 year olds for every decade uh, for a very, very long time because you are still developing, you're still maturing and there's this big daunting thing called the future staring at you. And and when you don't have a lot of mechanisms to try to navigate the future, it gets even more intimidating and then you just shut down and all your creativity kind of goes away. Does that sound about right? Yeah, you, you got a spot on there, yeah. All right, so I've been uh, helping people figure this out for years and years and years, and I think what we have to do is simplify, okay? So let's first let's take on the first part of the question. Uh, we don't even consider college until we figure out direction. And yeah. I think direction is more important than destination. Destination can change. But if I'm heading in the right direction in my life, okay, financially, relationally, spiritually, professionally, if I'm headed in the right direction, destination can change and I'm and I'm not losing track. So I think I want to forget about destination and we start to go, what about direction? So college right now is not even on the table because unless the degree is the only way to go the direction you want to go, um, uh, or it's the best way, then we know there's another way. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. All right. So let's put that over here on the side. Okay. So 18, you've been out of college for a year. I mean, out of high school for a year. Okay. Yeah. I want to know, I don't care if it goes back to nine-year-old Sarah 12-year-old Sarah, 14, whatever. I don't care. I want to know the things that you have allowed yourself when you felt safe, maybe in your room, driving a car, whatever, sitting in a an assembly at high school or a boring class, and you wondered about what would it be like to do this when I grow up? What are the things that maybe were pretty consistent or maybe the things that you got most excited about when you allowed yourself to do that? Well, all throughout high school, I kind of had a plan for myself to try to get into medical school but recently i've just i don't know i got cold feet a while ago i've i work in a a medical office now and i've kind of realized like i kind of hesitated thinking if i don't think i could do that for the rest of my life with patients um i've also like i had a moment of really loving astronomy i've always you know i've always loved you know learning about all that um but also one of the biggest things was wanting to maybe try to teach English out in foreign nations, like maybe somewhere in Europe or maybe even somewhere on the East Asian countries. I've, I've always had an interest in that. Okay. So, Sarah, I see a pattern here, and I want you to tell me if I'm, if I'm not seeing this correctly. Uh, in those three different options, I see two very clear people-focused ideas, and then okay. I see some learning. I think I think you're a learner. I think you like knowledge and and what knowledge does for people. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I also think you really like 
people work, like taking care of people or mm-hmm. doing something with people. I think that's the theme I see in the medical side of things or teaching a language. I think you're a people-focused yeah. person. Is that true? Yeah, I can see that, yeah. Okay, so real quick, I don't want to get you stuck in the weeds, but I think you could take the entire world of work, every job in the world, and I think you can organize them to four buckets. People work, ideal work, process work, and object work. What I mean by object is you're working with your hands and your head, but you're fixing something, building something. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay, so John and I are in people work and idea work. We, our work kind of is in both buckets, ideas in the form of content, John's books, his things that he creates to help people. So John and I are both people and ideas. That's where you would put us. So I think you're in the people side of things, but I, I think there may be a little bit of process there in that education piece. Now, I just want to know, how does that hit you? Or is there another bucket that you go, I identify with, I'm good at people stuff and I'm good at process stuff. Uh, it, it, there's there's always a connection with those four. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right. What are you feeling? Um, I feel like that is just kind of what I've always thought about doing. I mean, um, yeah. I mean, yeah. So here's the deal. So here's what I want you to do. Let's now let's go. Okay. We know that medical work, or at least the type of medical work you're seeing in this office, is not for you. Mm-hmm. You got up mm-hmm. close, and I love that. But I want mm-hmm. you to step back and go. How are what are all the different ways that I could take care of people? You see, because if you're in the healthcare world, you're caring for people. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of ways to care for people. Teaching them a language is a form of caring for people. So I got a three-part exercise that I'm not going to make you answer on the air, and I want to bring John into because I know he's got some great thoughts here. He's worked with college students for a long, long time. I want you to answer three questions in the near future. I want you to look at it almost every day, and I like a pencil because it allows me to be creative, and I can erase and answer every day differently. Three questions. Can you write them down? Yeah, yeah. All right, here we go. First one is, who are the people that I most want to help? Get specific. Say, students in Peru one day. The next day, say, uh, people that are aging and, uh, and I want to help them in convalescent homes or whatever. I don't care. Every day... If the answer changes, let it go and write it down. No wrong answer. Who are the people I most want to help? Now, the second question is, after I answer the first one, those people, describe them, then I want you to answer, what problem or desire do those people have? And you write it down. No wrong answer. Third question, what are the solutions to those people's problem or desire that I most get excited about? You got it? Okay. Yeah. Now, here's what's going on. This is a construct, John, for ideation. And I think that this is what we don't teach kids. This is as dumb of a plan as I've ever heard in my life, (laughs) but it works. Right. And the reason what it does is it allows me to ideate from my heart what moves my heart, and then I match it up with that last question is, where's my talent? Yeah. What am I good at? And what am I good at that can actually be a part of the solution? Or what can I go get training on to become good at? Get better. That's right. I have some raw talent that with training, education, and experience becomes a skill. That's right. So, Sarah, I want you to take everything he said, and I want you to lay it on top of this foundation here, okay? Okay. When I was 18 years old, I went to college to be a youth minister. That lasted about three weeks. 
Evidently, you got to read the Bible all the time, so I'm out, right? <laughs> I then was went into uh, become a journalism major. I did that for about a year, and then I realized how much journalists made, and so then I went over to be business. Then in business, evidently, you got to take math classes because you have to balance balance sheets, and I was lost at sea. And then I went and saw a movie in the theater called Goodwill Hunting. And I went that next Monday and changed my major because I wanted to be Robin Williams. I wanted to be a counselor at a small college behind closed doors. And then they said, hey, we're out of majors. for You've taken too many classes all over the campus. We can get you enough psychology classes so you can go to graduate school and – um, but you have to have a humanities degree. So my degree is in humanities. It ended up being a great degree. History, writing, psychology. Then I went to grad school for psychology, right? No, for education. And I got a master's in education, a PhD in education. And then I went and got another PhD in counseling. And you know what I do now? I'm a YouTuber. I have a podcast. Podcasting and YouTube did not exist when I was 18. All that to say is this. There is no wrong step for you moving forward. Follow the plan Ken mapped out for you and then hold it all really loosely. That's right. Every step you take is going to be a step either like, oh, I'm not going to step there again, or I like this. All that is data moving you forward. It's a great story. It's it's back to what I said. Be Direction graceful. is more important than destination. Yes. What we can see, if there was a theme, though, for all those things. There was. It was people. I like to help people. And, and that's the key. Great call. Thank you, Sarah. This is The Ramsey Show. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm Ken Coleman. Dr. John Deloney is sitting alongside 888-825-5225 is the number. 888-825-5225. Time for our scripture and quote of the day. We start with Hebrews 10, 23 and 24. Let us, un- let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Our quote of the day from Nick Saban. A little moment of silence for all Alabama fans. All right, that's enough. He's retired, not dead, but uh, Bobby the engineer is in the control room, and that was for you, sir. Uh, It's going to be okay. I promise. You'll still win some football games. It's not going to be okay. (laughs) Listen to this guy, the Texas Tech guy, taking his shot. I get it. All right, Nick Saban's quote. Mediocre people do not like high achievers, and high achievers... Do not like mediocre people. Wow. That's a that's a true that's as true a quote as quotes could be yeah. true. Uh, I think that's true. I think there's an asterisk. I think some mediocre people like working for high achievers because they create a lot of paychecks. I th- yeah, well, I'm they, they don't like the. Uh, He's right completely. But they, you're right. They like they like the halo. They like what they get from yeah, the high yeah, achiever. Yeah. Yeah. But when it comes down to it, high achievers make mediocre people feel uncomfortable. Yeah. I think that's good. High standards. I love it. Boy, that's not 2024 woke approved, that statement. That's a little <laughs> too harsh, Nick. But hey, he can say whatever he wants. So you know why? He's not on social media. And if he was, he doesn't care what you think anyway. And he wins. He does win a lot. Ashley is going to win. I just feel it, John. She's in Jacksonville, Florida. She is on the show now. Ashley. What's oh, up? Oh, I like that. Ashley, how can we help? Hi, Ken. Hi, Dr. John. Thanks so much for taking my call. What it's up? really an honor. It's an honor to get to speak with you both. So, Thank you. What's going on? Um, so I'm in the advanced stages of interviewing for basically my dream job. Wow. 
That's yeah. usually not what people Hello? say on the back end of the phrase, I'm in the advanced stages of. I didn't expect that either. <laughs> yeah. Now, don't so, just yeah. fly by that. Are you are you comfortable telling us what this dream job is? Um, I'm not allowed to share the company, but no, it's that's a fine. graphic yeah, it's a graphic design position. Um, I would be working on a lot of really cool projects and things that I've really been interested in for a long time. So. Ashley, that's freaking awesome. Can we just say, way to go. Okay, so you're almost there. We haven't landed it yet, but you're on your way. What's up? Yeah, so I'm obviously really excited about that, but the only thing I'm nervous about is if I were to get the offer, I would clearly have to tell my current employer that I'm leaving, and I don't really know how to do that. Um yeah. I work for a really, really small family-run company, so it feels really personal when people leave, and I don't want to come off as like sneaky or dishonest in any way. Yeah. So I just I want some good advice on how to bring up leaving or giving a two weeks notice in that situation. So okay. We've come so it's really do that. Walk sing in the it. office yes, with that it. plane, and if you can get a '90s era boombox on your shoulder, it will lighten the room for sure. Um, Ashley, say anything? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> here, here, I don't, I don't know what John's going to say. I'm going to get what I think is the most simple advice on this. Um, I think you have to put yourself in in almost a role play scenario, and I want you to be your boss, mm-hmm. and I want you to think about how you would want Ashley to tell you some really exciting news for Ashley. Pretty exciting. And uh, and I want you to think about how would you want you to tell the boss? I mean, that's the idea. It's like, if you're the boss, how would you want you to say it? And what comes to mind? Just free flow. How would, how would you want to be told this information? You know, probably like, I've really enjoyed my time here. I've had a great experience, and you guys have really made me feel comfortable and loved here. Um, but I feel like I, it's time for me to grow, and I found another opportunity that will possibly help me in that direction. Well, let me say this. I put myself in your boss's shoes while you were talking. And if mm-hmm. you said that to me, I would be sad, but I would not be mad. Now, I'm healthy. Okay. So you may not get that reaction, John, but I think that was pretty darn good. So I, here's my two critiques of that. Oh, I've gee got two critiques. whiz, man. This, take it easy. break your heart here. I will take them. I want feedback. <laughs> um, anytime I'm using the word but, giving somebody hard news, it always gives them an opportunity to hang on to something heavy during a very um, scary moment, a sad moment, a heartbreaking moment, an emotional moment. So, okay. I really loved what you did for me here, but I need to grow, which in some ways is an indictment of them. It's okay. not, but they can take it as that. They can hang on to it. Mm-hmm. I've loved everything you've taught me, but I think I can get more over here. Think about it this way and flipping it around and saying, I have a really tough conversation I need to have with you. And you sit down and you look at him and say, for the rest of my life, I'm going to be grateful for the opportunity you gave me. I've recently selected another position at another company. It's an amazing opportunity for me. And so here's my two-week notice. As I leave here, I want you to know I love you guys. And forever, if I can do something to support you, um, I'm here for you. Okay. And then there's a period. And listen, you need to know this on the front end. There's no words you can use to make this a little bit less hard. It's just going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Because you love them, they love you, and you're moving on. 
It's just hard. Yeah. They may or may not. I, I really like that breakdown. That's next level analysis. She was off the cuff. <laughs> she was. I, actually, she was, I want to build you up and say that it's about the spirit. It is. Not it about is. the words. And mm-hmm. uh, let me just say, and I mentioned it a moment ago, uh, there's no guarantee that you handling it the way that you're going to handle it. Love that. And very important. Is going to get the desired result that you want, which is them to go, oh my gosh, Ashley, we're so excited for you. We're going to be sad, but oh my gosh. Right. Like, yeah. that's what we want. And so I'm leading to something here. I cannot tell you how many times, Ashley, on the Ken Coleman show, I've had somebody call in and say this very thing, and they're going, I'm dealing with guilt. And so I want to go ahead and get preemptive on this. Um, you do everything the right way. John gave you great advice. I think that was fabulous. You do it that way. That's all you can control is how you do it. But let me tell you something. You cannot allow yourself to feel guilt about leaving people who have given you a great opportunity because you are leaving to another great opportunity and one does not cancel out the other. In other words, you taking another great opportunity doesn't crap on people who gave you the first opportunity. That's really important. Guilt is something that I feel if I've done something wrong, something illegal, something unethical, whatever. And so it's natural because good people feel that way. And I think, John, I'm bringing you back in here uh, because I think we are so worried about what people are going to say about us and think about us. I am chief sinner here. So I'm speaking from a, a guy who is a people pleaser off the charts bottom line is this is a great opportunity handle yourself well and move on right i want you to speak to i think most of us have such um contrary to what the media would tell us i think most people have really rich hearts i think so and they don't want to be the cause of somebody else's tears that's good and so i will end up squashing myself i'll squash opportunities i'll squash hard conversations because i don't want to cause you pain and what we have to realize is that's kind of egotistical that's not our job. Yeah. That's by not the my way, job. They're going to be okay without you, Ashley. Right. And by the way, over the last few years, you've brought them a lot too. I know you're good at what you do. Otherwise, you wouldn't be being hired at this rad new company. Yeah. And so <laughs> it's been business and it's been relational. And you know from past experience how they're probably going to respond. Lose their mm-hmm. mind, talk crap about you, hug you, cry, say, how dare you get out of here. You kind of know what's coming. Mm-hmm. And so the more you can keep that with an open hand and know, I treated them with dignity. I gave them I gave them notice. I was honest. I didn't say, yeah, but I mean, if you had given, or oh, I always, always had this, Ken, always have a number. What's the number when they go, what if we doubled your salary? What if we triple it? Like, because you find yourself in a situation, like, uh, uh, I think that's uh, great uh. advice. Just no. No, I'm, my time is done here. Thank yeah. you very much yeah. with a period. Yeah. And I think, Ashley, you're taking this new gig for the latter, not the money. The money's going to come, but you're excited about the work, yeah? Yes, of course. Way to go, Ashley. I'm proud of you, Ashley. It's amazing. You're an absolute rock star. Really proud of you, Ashley. Thank you for the call. Dr. John, always good to be uh, in the scrubs with you here. The metaphorical scrubs. Not that kind of doctor. I know, just making bad jokes. But we both are wearing scrubs. James Childs, our fearless leader, and all the guys in the booth to keep us on the air. And you, America, thank you. This is The Ramsey Show.